0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 623 of Long Box Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. Todd, hello. How are you? I'm, doing fantastic.
1: Fantastic.
0: I'm glad you're doing fantastic.
1: I mean, I hear everybody
0: knows who I am. So, so I would say arguably the most important person knows who you are, and isn't that all that really matters?
1: In the grand scheme of things, yes. Yes, it does.
0: Well, listen, maybe you can get uh, an illustrious booking uh, six times a year like I do, you know?
1: Ooh, maybe I could replace the other guy who left in a huff.
0: <laughs> oh, boy, that cast a wide net, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, anybody who's worked with you, that's usually how it ends. Yeah. That's the way I see this podcast ending someday. Well,
0: we've been doing this now for, what, almost 11 years in in this iteration uh, 13 years, if we count going back to Three Guys from Nowhere. Right. Um, and there's much greater podcasts than I and you uh, that have just recently called it quits uh, on their very lucrative uh, podcasts. And or <laughs> I get messages on a weekly basis saying, is this the week that they're finally going to break up? And it always makes me think, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that Todd and I don't have, like, those sort of contentious relationships, you know?
1: Yeah, I just swallow all the things that make me mad at you. So.
0: Right. And uh, I uh, I try to get anything that makes me mad out on the air so <laughs> we have no choice but to deal
1: with it. Right. So I, I put my head in the sand. And you hit it like a hammer, and it right. works. It, it works. It, what a team we are with that.
0: Right? Can you, how can you argue with this success? <laughs> I
1: can't. I can't. So hey, let's get
0: into uh, the show and what we're going to be talking about this week. Uh, we are going to be talking about uh, some controversy. Uh, you know, with creators. Uh, you know, we didn't talk before and to say yay or nay on that, so it's still in the notes. Um, Usagi Ujimbo Moves, and it's not uh, from Netflix. Somehow that's still on there. And two news stories that
1: I would say are directly influenced by us. One of those uh, stories that we'll be doing may be my feud with somebody, too.
0: Oh, interesting. That's I, good to hear.
1: Yep, I may have a, a, a Phil from Chicago story.
0: So. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's not about Kevin McGuire, huh? No, it's not. I only have three rivalries in all of wrestling. You know, four (laughs) if you count the ones that people don't know. The the person doesn't know they're in a rivalry with me. There you go. Uh, Conventions this weekend, of course, is a bunch. Uh, What we read from this past week, uh, which includes Batman number 127. And Dark Knights of Steel, Tales from the Three Kingdoms number one. What we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, The latest updates for the Silver Standard, a.k.a. Todd and Joe Go Rogue, a.k.a. uh, The Battle for Second Place, as we are into the Sweet 16 with this current matchup, and maybe a little bit of what we've been dealing with into getting to this point, and discussion of the most recent episodes of She-Hulk and Stargirl. So let's get into, well, you know, we're going to save your, uh, unless you have a, a rivalry with uh, Stan Sakai.
1: No, I do not. And I love all his action figures, too. So
0: Yes. Again, I say there's not enough. Right. Uh, so uh, Stan Sakai, uh, Yusaki Ujimbo, uh, had been previously at Dark Horse many, many years ago. Uh, then in 2019, went to IDW, and now, uh, I guess maybe off the back of the upcoming net or the upcoming Netflix show, or the out Netflix show, it's out, right?
1: I think it's, yeah, I think it is out.
0: Right, there's a lot of stuff on streaming, so stuff does fall through the cracks. Uh, so Sakai is back at, uh, Dark Horse, and he has his own imprint there now. And I think that is probably uh, how they got him back. I've noticed a lot of other creators, um, Bendis, Kevin Smith, just off the top of my head, are doing stuff at Dark Horse because they're allowed to have their own imprint there.
1: Right. I mean, that's the way you get people, you know, give them a chance to control the, the whole narrative, you know?
0: Right. And, uh, so, um, yeah, just a, just an interesting move there, you know, as these... uh. Properties go to and fro. Uh, you know, obviously they're not the same, but they are connected due to previous crossovers in comics and cartoons. But I always put Usagi Ujimbo stuff in the same box as Ninja Turtle stuff. Yep. So where their Ninja Turtles go, I always think that's where Usagi Ujimbo goes, which is probably why it went from Dark Horse to IDW. But now Turtle's still at IDW, Yusagi Ujimbo, Stan Sakai, back at Dark Horse.
1: Yep, and uh, it's Yusagi Ujimbo is on its second season at Netflix now.
0: Oh boy, look at look at me! I'm I'm completely out of the loop.
1: No, I just because and they and I guess it's pretty new that second season.
0: So I was going to say it's no uh, second season of uh, Outcast, but there what is
1: know. bringing it back around for OG style? Right, that's there. right. Uh so yeah just an interesting move
0: is all you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh so a couple actually it was on the last uh previewing of the past that we did over on the Patreon. Yep. We were talking specifically about graffiti designs and how they would put out a lot of the shirts specifically like the Sandman shirts. Yeah. Uh we were talking about um you know the, what what was the name of the the death of superman shirt?
1: Oh, the weeping S.
0: The S- Weeping S-, S shirt. That's what it was. Yep. And we were speculating like how far in advance do they have to give that information to um to graffiti to do so forth. And I, I always said like I would always go to Graffiti Designs and I would look up because they would still keep like a back catalog of like those Sandman shirts, even though there wasn't stuff in the catalog, right? Mm-hmm. And while we were recording, you know, we record late, so I looked and I saw that they were currently closed, and I'm like, I'm gonna give them a phone call because they have a phone, they have a, a phone number on their website, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in between us recording that two weeks ago and this week, uh, graffiti has announced that they are currently going on a hiatus uh, of producing any sort of uh, new material. Right. Uh, they said that they um. Oh, hang on. Whatever they have is like back catalog, which is mostly just um gallery editions of different books, mostly like Sandman stuff, right? Couple Frank Miller things, couple Kelly Jones things, right?
1: Yep, like Amanda Connor
0: one, right. And it says, uh, website's going through some big changes. Only those gallery things are going to be available. Um, We are on a production hiatus and will not be producing or selling any shirts or licensed merchandise for the foreseeable future. And uh, it just says, we ask that you continue to watch the site for the gallery editions, uh, release and sale of new items, and sale of treasures from the vaults. And uh, their own personal collections. Uh, thank you for understanding and your support. So uh, I don't know. Um, I think maybe we were the impetus for them making that de- decision. Huh?
1: Yeah, you, you woke somebody up over at Graffiti. Um, uh-huh. I, it, I do hope they come back, Joe. But does this feel like the hard goodbye to you? <sighs> when the guy is selling stuff
0: from his own personal collection? i would say yes
1: right which would be another end of an era for me you know what i mean it's just i've seen a lot of stuff go i've seen vertigo die and become black label i've seen dc um direct become something else then become dc direct again and then go away I now i'm seeing graffiti go away it's just oh every and now they'll just shop out their shirts to somebody else or they'll just sell them like Walmart or sell shirts or whatever. Uh, so I don't know. I just feel like this is another end of an era. I don't think you get cool quality products that were by this DC through like these places. Cause it was pretty much DC as far as I was concerned with graffiti. And yeah. They they would do a occasional, um, marvel
0: design but if there was the graffiti ad space in the previews catalog and it was four pages there would be one madman item one marvel item and the rest was dc stuff
1: and dc like you whatever was going on it would be like your sandman like you said then when sandman overture came back they would be doing that and then it would be the constant of just here's all the superheroes with the symbols on their shirts just the classics but they'll be like all right we're doing this wonder woman project we're gonna do that wonder woman shirt and it was there was always a graffiti design something in there
0: and i'll you know and obviously i i remember where you had your graffiti design shirts and then I remember when they went to put in, they didn't have the logo on the sleeve. Then I went, remember them going to putting the logo on the sleeve. Mm-hmm. Then I remember them going to put the graffiti and the DC logo on the sleeve. Mm-hmm. And I remember depend, like if you ordered it through your store, it was so weird. If you ordered the graffiti design shirt through your store, right. As part of like your normal diamond, whatever order you would get a t-shirt that, like, a, it would be a Hanes beefy tee, okay, with a tag, right? If you ordered it directly through Graffiti's site, you would get a tagless shirt. Really? Yes. Because uh, what really would happen good. is, you know, like, I would get the shirts that I liked. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I like the Sinestro Core shirt with a black shirt with the yellow logo on it. Then they changed to available through the catalog, the yellow shirt with, like, a more black and gray logo on it. And listen, me in a yellow shirt is not helping anybody, okay? Mm-hmm. So I had the black shirt with the yellow logo on it that I got at our local shop. I ordered it through the catalog. They go through graffiti, etc. I asked our local retailer. I'm like, oh, they got the yellow one. Could you order the black one? And they're like, oh, it's not on the list. I go to the Graffiti Design website, it's on there, so I ordered one, and I got a tagless shirt. So, again, it's so weird on how those fulfillments work, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Now I have to add a graffiti tattoo to my buy it, use it, order from it, preview tattoo, too. Yeah. So that does make me, make me sad. I hope they come back, that being said, so. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Well, another positive thing that came out from this show. Uh, that over in, uh, the X-Men books, now I don't read no X-Men books, so I don't know what goes on in no X-Men book, right?
1: Right, but you will soon.
0: Uh, well, I, so there was an X-Men crossover-y thing with She-Hulk, and that's the only way, like, I read She-Hulk to find out what's going on in the X-Men comics. (laughs) Right. Uh, but apparently there's some sort of, uh, big bad that was just recently revealed. Mm Mm-hmm. On Krakoa, uh, who is the new nemesis of the X Men? Now, it does we should have seen this coming because there is an upcoming X Men Spider Man crossover, right? And when they had like the list of the crossover books, it was like two X Men books and twenty Spider Man books.
1: Well, yeah,
0: I'm so definitely
1: not more. X-Men. It
0: definitely feels like one property is trying to give the rub to the other. Yeah. Uh, but the big bad in the new Krokoa saga in the X-Men is the star of the Spider-Clone saga, Judas Traveler.
1: Right, so when you say there's a new big bad, the emphasis is on the bad, Joe.
0: Well, the emphasis is on big and bad, but... There you go. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I don't know, maybe all those Judas Traveler uh, first appearances that I have will finally start to skyrocket in price.
1: Multiple first appearances.
0: I, I sent out the lenticular hollow foil covers to be graded at CGC so I can get a 9.8 first appearance of Judas Traveler.
1: Oh, I'm going to send Asa through college with that. Yeah. Um yeah, just when you said when I saw that I was like or you told me about it, I was like, oh my dear. Uh I can't believe it. But I believe it's the thirty year and the trademarks up kind of a deal, or we're getting close, so they're they're priming the pump. I don't think he'll be around long. But uh, I think the only way you could make him interesting is if like he became a musician and he was uh uh Judas Blues Traveler, then I would read it. Oh. That's it. What?
0: So uh I will say, um, you know, and again you said thirtieth anniversary is coming up. His first appearance was nineteen ninety-four, so we're still like two years off. Right. Um, and I get you that his the IP on him might be coming up soon because in Amazing Spider Man in the last twenty eight years, they've revisited the clone saga in continuity. And again, let's not count like the side mini series and stuff. It's like here's a retelling of the Clone Saga, or here's something that we were printing in 2018 that goes alongside the original Clone Saga stuff, right? Right. In current continuity, they've revisited the Clone Saga at least twice that I can remember, and they've never brought Judas Traveler back in any of them.
1: Right. Um, We've had as many appearances since 1990-whatever of Wild Whip as we've had of Judas Traveler, Joe. Well, hopefully with this, uh,
0: it, they end up just bringing back all the old low-end uh, spider clone saga villains like your wild whips and your spider sides and the rest of them as X-Men villains.
1: Oh, my goodness. That'll put the X-Men over. If you like the clone saga characters in the clone saga, you love them in X-Men. Right, so Judas Traveler was supposed
0: to be like this big reality warping big bad for the Clone Saga until they decided to change the idea of the Clone Saga and not have Ben Reilly be the new Peter Parker forever. So they retconned him that he was a mutant with delusions of grandeur who was being shadow manipulated but through at least four shell companies by Norman Osborn, who did not die uh, because the goblin serum gave him Wolverine-like healing powers mm-hmm. from having a glider drive into his chest.
1: Though so I always did like the art when they explained it and he had the scar, you know what I mean? Right. He's caved in chest, but... Did they? And they kept Jews, uh, J- uh, Judas Traveler sedated in a pool somewhere in a YMCA, didn't they?
0: Right. So there was like we had not seen Judas Traveler. You know, we did the Clone Saga last year. Ugh. For Todd and Joe have issues. Todd still has nightmares about it. Right. Um, I have sadness over those nightmares. Right. But, um, so Judas Traveler goes out of the books for, like, two years, and then all of a sudden it comes back up that he's on the run now from something, right? And it's Norman trying to close the loop on all of his whatevers, and they encase him in, like, a cocoon. And as Todd mentioned, they put him in a pool at the bottom of YMCA, and that was in 1997, and that was literally the last time he appeared in a Marvel comic. Right. Up until this X-Men crossover. So anyone out there reading the X-Men, tell us how you're enjoying the new Judas Traveler.
1: Well, Joe, it is the golden
0: age of Judas Traveler. We're two years away from the golden age.
1: I think we're two years away from being two years away. Yeah.
0: Uh, Now, we typically don't air dirty laundry, personal issues, and there's been some personal... Things going on in the world of comics, kind of a follow up to uh, Acetate Gate that we had covered quite a bit on the show as that was going on. And uh, and again, if you know, you know, that whole thing took a very dark turn. Yep. Um, but I saw on social media last week, uh, after we recorded, a bunch of creators, so I follow a bunch of creators on comic books, all kind of uh, comic book creators on social media, kind of talking in hushed tones. About, like, oh, if you're a creator, uh, you shouldn't be taking shots at anyone if you're X amount of years behind on your uh, Kickstarter, right? Right. And I'm like, ooh, I go, let me put my detective comics, my detective detective comics ad on to try to figure out who it is as I'm going through the replies. And multiple replies are like, no, it's not the Rob. No, it's not the Rob. No, it's not the Rob. So, it turns out that it was a uh, comic book creator of the book Body Bags, yep. Jason Pearson, who was critiquing a uh, new up-and-coming artist, Afua Richardson, essentially stating that her art is no good, and the only reason that she gets work is because she's a good-looking woman. Right. Now, they did have a go- uh, a back-and-forth in regards to this. Uh, Pearson did walk it back a little bit. Um, and he said, well, uh, I spoke my I spoke my mind about this industry and lost another friend. All apologies. all apologies to Richardson. Uh, sorry for the thunderstorms in my head about this game. Go ahead, young lady, make your own storms. I'm learning to shut up, but the calm waters are just so scary. I'm blaming it on climate change. Which is, you know, I don't know what you make of that. Um, But yeah, again, I don't know. Um, If you're in the industry, I don't know if that's the best way to start trashing a fellow creator in a public forum without having all your ducks in a row.
1: Right, I totally agree.
0: But I guess where this comes from is he had done a kickstarter back in 2015 that as of this date has still not been fulfilled
1: right and uh there was a great tweet from tom brennan he's like i'm just impressed jason pearson was a- was even able to finish a facebook comment given he still owes me pages on a spider-man comic and i haven't worked for marvel in eight years Oof. i was like that shot's fired but yeah um joe i i've i've met Jason Pearson oh yeah, yep, um, okay, his body bags was really good uh he did a mini series looked beautiful, it was written amazing um he, it was kind of like a, a like that era of like when when Garth Ennis was doing his preacher stuff when like o- over the top was kind of and Hitman and Hellblazer it was like edgy was cool you know what i mean uh, yeah
0: like i you know i'm looking at his art
1: and his art definitely has like a late 90s edgy feel to it for better or for worse right and i want i try to remember if the st- story was that it was a father daughter team and and they were killer whatever but it was really good and I really enjoyed it. And I and this was back when I kind of believed in signed books. And I went to a con and he was there. And I had the mini series. I I had I put the mini series down and I'm like, oh, can I get these signed? He's like, yeah. I said I really love the series. Um, I'm hoping for more. And he's like, Yeah, I'm doing more. Oh, okay. I said, because now whatever the mini series was, it was owned under his own uh imprint at dark horse i believe like he had his own as we discussed earlier and uh i was like oh okay And i'm like where's it gonna be and he goes uh it's gonna be in a dark horse what the what the heck was the one that concrete was in they were called dark horse presents and he's like oh it's gonna be in dark horse presents i got a, a short story and uh then after that I'm going to be uh, – I'm going to do some more. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're doing some more. You're d- doing another series. I said, uh, are you doing it at Dark Horse because uh, – uh, whatever. and uh, Or are you doing it under your own imprint? And he goes, I'm effing doing it under my own imprint. What are you, stupid or something? Oof. And I'm like, excuse me? He goes, yeah, why would I go under Dark Horse when I have my own – um imprint kind of a deal. And I was like, Okay. Uh thank you. I don't need you to sign these books. He's like, what? Don't you want them signed? I'm like, no, I'm good. <coughs> and I put them back in the bags because I had bags and boards and he's looking at me. He's like, w- w- what's this all about? And I'm like, don't worry about it, man. You don't ever have to worry about me again. And I never bought whatever he. Did. I don't know what he did after that. He was never on the radar to me. I never bought that Dark Horse presents if it ever happened. Like I said, I don't know what he did after that. And this is the first time I'm hearing the the story. You know what I mean? Wow. So I was like, and J- so Jason Pearson was. I mean, I have some. He's kind of like that. And who was the other guy from Kung Fu for you? Uh, David Carradine. Yeah. I'll tell, I think I told you what I said about, I won't say it on here about Jason Pearson. He's had some problems, but I still don't like him. You know what I mean? Sure. So. Wow.
0: That's uh, a, that's a poor bedside man or some poor fan manner. Interactions. Yeah. I don't know. You're asking, you know, now I. Well, I do the, – from the sounds of it, that is a very poor interaction with the creator, right? Right. Um, why does Salty Keith get a pass from us?
1: Because he was uh, – I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think because Salty Keith, uh, that – I mean, he's uh, – see, so you got me tongue-tied now, Joe. I think it's because he's done so much good work. Okay. That um, like he he did he, he did so much stuff that's beloved to me. I'm I was willing to let it slide. Yes. and then I always say the next time I met him, he was as nice as pie because he was part of the Annihilation crossover at Marvel and he was making money. Yeah, so like and so I'm willing to go. You had one bad day. But then I don't think Jason Pearson did much of anything after that. So
0: Right. And I, I bring this up saying, you know, obviously, Keith wasn't rude. He no. didn't swear at us. He was just salty. And like we did not have a uh, we did not have a response as to why we were buying back issues of a book at that point that was at least twelve years old, as opposed to his new stuff writing Comic adaptations of the bible For penthouse comics Oh Yeah well (laughs) We didn't have a good response As to why we were buying his new stuff To say it's like well your new stuff Really ain't appealing to me right now you know
1: I'm trying to remember If I've added the curse in my head Because I hate him so much But it doesn't (laughs) mean
0: But uh, I, I do love The you had the books on the table To be signed and then you took them back like that's such a good power move. Oh, I love it.
1: I don't think I even have those books anymore. I think when I did one of my purges, Joe, comic book purges, they got they got gone.
0: Uh, I would say um a real power move would have been to toss the books in the trash
1: in, in front of him. Yes. But that I,
0: would have been, uh, like, the supreme
1: power move. No, I mean, I've only had, I want to say, three bad creator <sighs> interactions. Yes. It's Pearson, somebody you were with me with.
0: Right, we don't talk about that one.
1: And I'm trying to remember, oh, um, I another one who may have created a Red Lantern character.
0: Oh, that's the one that we don't talk about.
1: Right. Um, we talk about, don't talk about both of them, but that's probably my three interactions that I'm like, I, I never wanted to talk to the people again after that. And two of them, two of them, I never bought their work after that. Yeah, for sure. Especially one who was a, who was a darling boy on this show for a while in the past iteration.
0: Yeah, you could read between the lines with all that. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh but yeah, you'll have to remind me who the other one is.
1: Okay. Uh
0: that'll be for off the air. A sign of if you're if you're a Patreon member, maybe I'll leave it in the comments. We'll mention it on the Patreon this week. Right. Or next week or whenever. Uh so hey, maybe there's a creator that hasn't burned you and isn't a jerk that you'd like to meet cuz there's conventions going on this weekend where you could possibly meet them. Um, speak, uh, so this weekend, uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, the Granite State Comic-Con, uh, Kevin Eastman is going to be there, and, uh, Mick Foley is going to be there. Ooh. Uh, Mick Foley, who, uh, has more, f- uh, again, we have to figure this out when it comes to professional wrestlers. What's more important? Your five-star, how many five-star ratings you get on- cameo or how many five-star ratings you get on uber
1: Ooh, i can't even decide joe
0: less about your matches and more how how good of a person you are mm-hmm. uh so also this weekend uh fan expo in edmonton uh canada we have tom tom grummet carrie nord uh the cast of clerks three who i'm learning today uh dante from clerks three lives like in our area
1: um yeah i was shocked to find out he was at a local uh premiere of the movie
0: that's right i was shocked that people went to the premiere of that movie but uh maybe we can get dante in on our navy seals opportunity i'm just saying Ooh. uh and if you saw there i also had uh Tomer capone and karen fukahara are going to be at edmonton okay uh, that would be uh, Frenchie and uh, what's-her-face from the boys?
1: Oh, uh, Kamiko.
0: Kimiko from the boys, yes. That's the first time I'm seeing them popping up at the uh, convention scene, you know?
1: I think they – I think Kimiko has. Uh-huh. But uh, that's the first I think I'm seeing of Frenchie. And by the way, I still – I would still lay down my life for Kamiko.
0: All right. Well, you could borrow the copter, uh, go to Edmonton this weekend, or maybe get a ride there with Dante. I don't know.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they
0: got. I'm sure they have a helicopter from for him.
1: Who's driving car? Bear is driving car.
0: <laughs> How can that be? And I'd say the biggie this weekend is Amazing Con in Las Vegas. Uh, all comic book people know. Uh, Media guests, The Way I Like It, Uh, James Tinney IV, uh, Martin Simons, the artist uh, on Department of Truth, Garth Ennis, Roy Thomas, Jim Starlin, Peter David, Rick Leonardi, tons of comic book people all over the place, all across the greater North American landscape.
1: They're all going there because the Raiders have a home game. Oh, that's why it is? Yeah, they have a home game that weekend. And they're all all comic guys are there to support the Raiders against their 31 rivals.
0: You, th- you think Peter David's a big pigskin guy? He could be. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that he's
1: not. Uh, I know a guy who uh, takes bets, so. <laughs> Some might say he's a degenerate and he'd know about pigskin so
0: yeah, he certainly would uh but hey the links to all of these uh conventions are in the show notes uh to this episode no matter where it is that you find the episode along with information about soon to be named network soon to be soon to be all the shows in the network anytime they go live uh you could find the shows at their own individual feeds and locations and podcatchers. Or the one-stop shop that is soon-to-be-named network.com. Whether it be this show, uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, Add-Oz with Wrestling, We Need Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, uh, Porch Talk, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Wings on Wings, and No Chance in Helmet. Yes. Which is on a two-week hiatus for some reason? I don't know. One
1: week, I think. uh, We had a bye week is what it was.
0: Listen, Bronco Nagurski never got a bye week. And (laughs) now he's dead. (laughs)
1: That's what killed him, Joe. The one time he got it.
0: Right. And uh, definitely check out all the shows or anytime any of the folks on those shows go on other shows and they let me know. I throw it up on the site so you can keep up to date and current uh, hearing all of your favorite members of the soon-to-be-named network. Uh, You can also check out some of our other friends that don't have podcasts or at least regular podcasts uh mike sterling west coast retailer extraordinaire his blog progressiveruin.com uh my friend kevin uh masslibrary.com who just let some potatoes rot on the top of his fridge this week
1: Oh, that looks so tasty it
0: certainly did uh rick williams chop shop those cool uh resin glow-in-the-dark sci-fi fantasy wrestling uh little sculptures and figures that he does uh jason sandberg's jupiter chris runs battle monsters listeners to the show Uh, put out self-published comic books. We have links on where you can go and purchase those directly from them. Uh, And if you do not have a comic book shop in your area or you do not have a good comic book shop in your area, let our comic book shop, Comics on the Green, be your comic book shop. Uh, We have the link to their social media, their Facebook page. That's where Dave and the gang uh, put out all the announcements of when the books are in, when the books are going to be late, uh, what the new stuff that you should be looking into to pre-order. Uh, do not miss out on the latest and greatest and hottest books. Uh, and you can even sign up for their mail order subscription service. Uh, you can get stuff sent to you weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly. And if you do, there's a chance that you can get a sketch from our good friend Becky on your Package of comics. You can go check out her social media for all of her past works, her process, her commissions, her prints, and everything that she does. She's a she's a fantastic artist. Yes. Uh, So let's get into what we read from this past week, Todd. uh, Where would you like to begin?
1: I would like to start with the book I was looking forward to most, which was Batman One Twenty Seven, with the two stories as always. With you know, there's a Catwoman. Backup story, but the main story about failsafe is written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Jorge Jimenez, and it starts out with you know a flashback to basically uh, the Tower of Babel kind of thing. The storyline by Mark Wade, and maybe Superman has a problem with it, and like, and they ends up talking. He's like, "What are you going to do? Like, what's our plan against you?" And you know he kind of talks about it, and then we kind of figure out that this is failsafe is basically the, the 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 plan that if Batman ever murders somebody in uh, Gotham, that failsafe starts up, and because of the uh, the Penguin thing, that's what this is. And they go you know toe to toe throughout this, but Batman has been taken over by his uh, is it Zoran Ra? Uh, A Zuin-R uh, persona From Grant Morrison Which is basically like distilled essence Of Batman, all Batman, none of the Bruce Yes Um. So he's taking him on And it's interesting because The failsafe device is like Well, what are you Going to do, like, what can I use against you? And he ends up trying to use uh, like personal stuff against him. He's even trying to use like, he's like your heroes, your, 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 your sidekicks. And he's like, they're not sidekicks. They're not family. They're soldiers. So he's like thinking differently. And in the whole, in his mind, Bruce is trying to fight. He's like, no, they're not soldiers. They're more than that. And that's kind of like really cool because he sees like Tim going above and beyond um, and what kind of kicks off uh, Batman to, or Bruce to fight back. I like when he's going through the house destroying certain things and he gets to something that I don't want to say. And it's like, what if I destroy this? And it kind of ticks Batman off. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And he ends up fighting back. And in the end, he's like, oh, like, would I have done this and made it easy? He's like, no, I won't. Um, and he ends up getting, you know, his, hand, his head handed to him. And there's kind of a cool thing with, like, he's like, if I, if I got to go anywhere, if I have to go, this is kind of where I want to go, surrounded by memories. And then maybe he gets in so deep, somebody has to show up to save him. And when they do in, a, in like, three panels and a splash, I'm like, give me a Chip Zdarsky book about this character, too. Because it was so cool, but not done the way other writers, I don't want to give too much away, do this character that I feel they get him wrong. This was a little, like, tough, but a 100% right, Joe. I love this story so much. Okay.
0: I, last week, and we discussed this when this was the book that you were most looking forward to coming out this week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, you know, this is an iteration of Batman that was introduced during a Grant Morrison story, and I know how you feel about Grant Morrison stories. Um, maybe I feel the same way, but not as strongly as you do uh, when it comes to some Grant Morrison stuff, and we were both kind of wondering how such a Grant Morrison idea was going to be handled by Chip Zdarsky, again, who's a very different writer than Grant Morrison, and... Sometimes when you take a idea or a high concept like what the Zor N R Batman is, Mm -hmm. sometimes you might need a little hand-holding to get you there. Sometimes you might need a little bit more information than, here's this wacky purple and yellow Batman, you figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I think Chip Zdarsky did an unbelievable job of kind of getting over in one issue – the Zoran R. Batman than however many appearances he had in previous Grant Morrison stories.
1: And I think I've said this good writers take like Damon uh, Damian. I there's things that I hate that Grant does. I said this last week that other writers come on and they're like, you know what? I can write this. I could explain this and write this better without all the mushroom talk. You know what I mean? Which is what Grant writes. It's I'm doing mushrooms and I'm going <laughs> to write a comic.
0: Yeah. Oh boy! But
1: I'm sorry, uh, you. Go ahead.
0: no, so I'm with you. I really enjoyed this. Uh, you know, like I said, going into what could have been a tough uh, story, I thought was very it was handled very well. Now, I guess you know you'd said some little things, and I said little things that we didn't want to give away. and want to be too spoilery. Yeah. Speaking of spoilers, okay. how much of the second feature can we talk about?
1: I don't know, because there's something interesting going on with that second feature. Even though I love the second feature, it doesn't make sense. I went back and read the last issue. I don't know how we get here, if that makes any sense.
0: So, and again, I, I have to tread lightly, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to think on how I could even attack this. So it's still Catwoman, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's still the follow-up and the fallout. From the death of the penguin, right? And her finding his kids. And her finding his kids, right? And Catwoman has a heart-to-heart with someone in regards to what the penguin's kids are going to do now that the penguin is out of the picture.
1: hmm
0: You think that's clear enough? Yeah. Without
1: giving too much away? right and they may have changed certain characters visual looks to look more like things that may be coming up in the future okay okay so that i get where they're going with that uh and again no
0: spoilers okay Mm -hmm. and i get where you're coming from Is like well how did they undo this
1: right well no it's not even undo this i'm still i went back and read the past couple of backup stories and i don't know how she why or how she knew to go find this person okay okay i'm it's with not you. explained she just adds she goes at the end of last issue she goes i need a no, I need an address and she goes and i can't figure out how she figured all this out does that make any sense yes
0: okay, okay. um okay Uh, so, yeah, that one I'm a little bit more with you on as opposed to the other thing where it's just like, eh, why not? You know, it always happens in comics, right?
1: I do think there will be an explanation.
0: Yes, I think there will be an explanation. That's, that's correct as well. Uh, but, yeah, Batman has, you know, Batman is good, and, uh, this start here of the Chip Zdarsky run has been really good as well.
1: Right, and, uh. Yeah, I am with you. This is I'm 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 glad I picked this book
0: today. Yep. Uh so the book that I picked that I was most looking forward to coming out was Dark Knights of Steel Tales from the Three Kingdoms number 1. Uh one of the three stories written by the regular writer Tom Taylor, the other ones by Jay Christoph J Kristoff and JS Peckat. Uh it's essentially just some Origin stuff for our main characters, specifically these iterations of a Superman, a Batman, and a Supergirl. Um, We get a bit with Jimmy Olsen being adopted by this iteration's Perry White. Right. Um, We get that Gotham... Or we get that Arkham is kind of... Like, the orphanage is essentially Arkham Asylum where all the bad kids are, right? Right. Uh, we get a penguin, we get a Two-Face, we get that sort of thing in there. Um, For the main story, I think it was very obvious of who was taking the children, right? Yes. But uh, I think I'm okay with uh, how that all ended up shaking out, where... Uh, You know, who was kind of doing these experiments on the kids is now whisked away and working for the secret uh, the secret army, if you will, of the House of L. We get a bit with um, Batman and his first um, interactions with the Robins. And I think – and I really like that in this book, The Dark Knights of Steel, that they get all of the Robins in there by having them be like a roving band of like Robin Hood and Merry Men type, you know, Yeah. Uh, um, emphasis on Robin.
1: No, totally. But what this is – because this – you've only watched like the first episode. That's a big take on something from Game of Thrones. Oh, um, sure. That he, there was a guy who was like – all his information and he used – Youth criminals, blah blah blah, and they were called his. Uh, he would be like, "Oh, my sparrows told me something," mm. and the, the information was always good. Usually in the show, um, but this is a total rip off of that. The whole book is a rip off of Game of Thrones, which I'm fine with. Copy an A, get an A, but uh, that's where that comes from. In mean, case you were had any interest.
0: So, so, and then the last story is uh, this universe's Suicide Squad. Led by Bane, who was previously part of the, the Knights of the House of L, He was outcast for, you know, whatever. Like, he was injured by the Green Man, so he was outcast. He gets this iteration's Venom. He tries to convince Bruce to train with him to take down the House of L. And it goes poorly for Bane, and I'm sure maybe that may not work out well for Bruce somewhere down the line in this story arc. But you saying that this essentially is DC characters through the filter of Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. um, and DC, Warner's Game of Thrones is part of their umbrella. Uh, I don't know, this book might sell a lot more copies if they kind of leaned a little bit more into the advertising on that. I would be one hundred percent,
1: and I only have to—I have to take you to task on one thing, Joe. Okay. Bane's team wasn't this wasn't the Suicide Squad. Okay. They were the
0: Secret Six. Well, you you get what I mean, yes. were the Secret oh. Six, and yes,
1: yeah, yes, because they because all the like Cheshire was there, um, like the Fiddler. I was like, okay, I like that. I can't think of who a uh, ragman was one of them. And I thought that was fantastic. And I was like, oh, yeah. And uh, that's just just anything well written um, with a hint of Secret Six makes me happy, Joe. Um, So, I'm with you, and it's one of those things
0: where, for a period of time, DC had kind of gone away from the Suicide Squad branding, mm -hmm. and it was more the Secret Six branding, and, like, we're almost, like, 15 years (laughs) removed from that. How crazy to think about is that, huh?
1: From one of the greatest DC books ever (sighs) made that's not in print any way, shape, or form. Right. Jonah Hex. So,
0: okay, so, and, so I'll say this, and obviously because we've had, like, Secret Six is in my mind. But Suicide Squad is the current branding of all this, yes. right? So as I'm reading this, I'm getting those strong Secret Six vibes. And I'm like, boy, Secret Six was a good comic. Yes, it Boy, is. I should go back and read Secret Six, right?
1: Well, I wonder how many issues there are of Secret Six.
0: Well, when you count the miniseries and the one-shots, uh, we'll talk, pal. <laughs> right. Add it to the list, right? Add it to the list, Right um but yeah yeah so definitely secret six but it's just like because of the branding of the last several years that my mind more so goes to suicide squad than secret six
1: i got you i got you see i'm a old dc file so i'm like ah, secret <laughs> six immediately i don't i don't filter it through suicide squad i know my teams joe oh i'm not goodness. a fake fan like you I'm over that's true gate, gatekeeping on our show so.
0: oh yes and there's no one gate, There's no more uh, gatekeeper of a person than me. I, I'll give you that much.
1: That is true.
0: Uh, so, hey, that's what we read last week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, if you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd is still in the lead over me with five correct guesses. And I'm looking at your list of books, Todd. hmm And I'm going to guess the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is the possibly cursed Flash, The Fastest Man Alive, number one.
1: It is not Flash, <gasps> The Fastest Man Alive. Oh, my um, goodness. Because it's cursed. I... I think I may have even discussed this on the show as the book was coming in and out of print. Um, I'm only buying this to complete my flash run. Okay. there's no desire to really read this book. I may read it for the I'm obviously going to read it, but we'll we'll see how if it comes up on the show. um the book I'm looking forward to most is Batman V Robin Number One by Mark Wayne.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Uh, art by uh, Mumad Araz, who I'm a big fan of his mm-hmm. art. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, Mark Wade has been given this one the big push. Uh, lots of rumor and innuendo of what's going to be spinning out of this book. So all I could say is let's we'll we'll see, pal. Right.
1: But I'm gonna see if I I could I could take a risk because you made a misstep. Um, is the book you're looking forward to most Do a Powerbomb number four As you've been loving this book It, it
0: is that uh, That is my pick this week Again you know uh, Stick with what you know you, You're in it to win it my friend
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, So yeah that's what I'm looking forward to I've been really enjoying uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's uh, book The art, the writing It's wrestling It's an action You know uh, Fighting book uh, I really enjoy it quite a bit
1: even got little Joshua at the comic shop to like wrestle. Oh yeah, them. and he don't even know
0: not he don't know no nothing about no wrestling either. Yeah, you know, it's
1: a it's a gateway drug. see if it's yeah. yeah,
0: and it's a gateway drug for my wrestling fans to be like, hey, read this comic; it's really good. And it's like it's a it's a Todd. I know you might be surprised by this, but most wrestling comics are bad.
1: Oh yeah, So are most wrestling wrestlers and fans.
0: How dare? Well, okay.
1: But I will, I will acknowledge dual powerbomb if it brings people over from the dark side to the light side to read comics. So Right. The ones that can read. That's, you know. Oh, how dare you. <laughs> they like the pictures.
0: Yes, I like the pictures too. The art is very good in this book. Um, so while you're over at longboxheroes.com, uh, you know, filling out the Todd and Joe have issues portion of the website and so forth. Is and has been the silver standard, the battle for second place, Todd and Joe go rogue as we attempt to determine who is the second best rogues gallery in all of comics. Uh, everyone knows the Flash is the first. Todd thinks Batman has the second best. I think Spider-Man is the second best. We've been pitting them against each other. Um Let's say I've been waiting on purpose to get to the final 16 before I publish the brackets. Sure. Um, but also because there may have been some discussion of how we're going to handle the, the, fi- the finale of this. Right. Um, but the, the executive, we, we reviewed it with the board of uh, directors, uh, Drew and Dylan and Jerry and Mike. And they all said, we're just going to keep it as it is and let the let the cards lay as they may, right? Right. Um, so the final um, matchup out of the uh, quarterfinals, Ten-Eyed Man moves on over Plantmaster. We have our Sweet 16, our semifinals. We have nine Batman folks and seven Spider-Man folks.
1: Mm, I like the advantage, Joe. Right. You're you
0: like that advantage. We do have a bunch of Spider-Man versus Spider-Man matchups, and we do have a bunch of Batman vs. Batman matchups. We're just gonna let it play out as the, the tournament was originally laid out, and if all the Spider-Man people get knocked out, you know, I'm guaranteed at least two Spider-Man villains moving on to the next round, you know?
1: Right. So I hope, but, uh, I hope you guys will finish this off early. You know what I'm saying? Right. Get us out of this. Yeah.
0: Um so and then uh, so this matchup the first matchup that we have here is I would say two of the heavy hitters of this tournament facing off
1: right
0: with each other um Kite Man on the Batman side taking on Typeface on the yes. Spider-Man side.
1: Ooh this one might decide a lot of stuff, Joe. Right.
0: Now I'll just make my pitch and saying this uh kite man is lucky to be here he barely made it out of the previous round there's no chance in helmet he's getting past typeface a guy whose gimmick is letters Mm -hmm. in the year 20 you know the 20 aughts someone decided we're gonna give this guy who's a war veteran and is going through PTSD, that his gimmick is that he has giant letters. And, you know, Paul Jenkins is like, nope, he's going to be the guy and we're going to give him the full push. And this was maybe about uh, 16 years ago that they decided this was a good idea for a contemporary Spider-Man villain. And uh, you do, you hear more about Judas Traveler today than you do about Typeface today, is all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, I just go out on on a limb here, and I always say, you know, the limb that traps kites, if you will, by mm-hmm. <laughs> eating trees. Um, it's a villain whose gimmick is a child's toy that nobody uses anymore, if you live in America uh Who has a kite as a kid anymore, and when your weakness, when your vulnerability is a small amount of extra weight um, that's sucky um kite man green like the green costume, the kite look all it's it's just bad he's Charles Brown I mean the whole bit of it he's literally one of the morts that kind of like uh, established terrible villains He's up there at the head of the table, the, you know, the, 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 the war chief, if you will, Joe. (laughs) So, uh, Kite Man is bad. And I will say, Kite Man was
0: bad. Kite Man is no longer bad. And they continue to try to rehab him and make him cool. That's never going to happen with typeface.
1: I don't know. Do you don't think, uh, uh, let's see, uh, 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 Vaughn could come in, Brian K. Vaughn, and couldn't do a good typeface story? Even he knows his limits. Oh, okay. He'd never try. He'd be like, you know what, I'll take typeface on, but not Kite Man. Uh Uh-huh. Nope, nope. So that's the uh, matchup for this
0: week. The poll will go live around noon Eastern time on Wednesday, and then you'll have seven days-ish to vote. And uh, vote typeface. We're voting for the lamest, not for the most rehabable formerly lame villain.
1: Vote for Kite Man. You know you have to.
0: No, no. You don't have to do anything, except for, vote for my guy. Um, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, you can head over to our store, uh, purchase shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. Uh, this week is the Tee Public sale. It starts on Thursday and runs through the weekend. 35% off everything. You can get there at tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. You can get logos and designs inspired by this show, After Dark, uh, Final Wrestling Place, Add outs with Wrestling, uh, Hit My Music, which I forgot to plug before, uh, on anything from cell phone covers to notebooks. Uh, you can sign up for our Patreon Uh For as little as a dollar a month, you get two bonus shows from Todd and myself, our movie show, where we talk about the films of independent filmmaker Mark Pirro, and previewing the past, where we look at 30 years ago, this month's previews catalog. Um, September's episode, uh, you know, that everyone will have by this weekend was the 30th anniversary of the first solicitations of Death of Superman. Yes, And we plumbed the deaths, the <laughs> depths of our fandom of that, uh, how it was solicited, how it was advertised two months out. And uh, it was a very, it was one of my favorite episodes of previewing the path that we've ever done.
1: Right, I think you were right the first time. We plumbed the death.
0: Yes, we plumbed the death. <laughs> so. Is that going to be my stupid thing that I said for the show title? It could be. I'll give it up. We'll, we'll vote afterwards.
1: Right. Not for the lamest one, though.
0: No, definitely not. Um, but also, uh, you get the full scans of those preview catalogs that we're going to be discussing. Uh, High-quality, expertly done scans. Uh, whether you're following along as we're listening to the episode, or whether you just want to look through and walk through nostalgia uh, of those uh, old previous catalogs. A friend of mine, uh, Mike, tipped me off that Wizard magazines are available on archive.org luckily the previous catalogs are not so we still got that market corner you know
1: that's right those for you don't want to mangle those first appearances joe
0: that's right and uh five dollars a month is going to get you those uh bonus shows ec- uh, two weeks before everyone else and it's going to get you after dark two days before everyone else so you can listen to the shows in the correct listening order And also, you could help us help the show out, support us by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link, whether you're accessing it through the banner at the top of the page at Longbox Heroes, or uh, it's in the show notes to every single one of these episodes, no matter where it is that you find the episodes. does not cost you anything extra. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy uh, when he gets his cut of the money at the end of the month. And I mess that up because I don't say the swear here, but I say it everywhere else. (laughs) Yeah, uh, notable purchases through the Amazon click through this week include uh, the book directed by James Burroughs. Five decades of stories from the legendary director of Taxi Cheers, Fraser, Friends, Will and Grace and more.
1: That sounds interesting. man.
0: Yes, I am a sucker for old TV and I love seeing people buying actual physical books in uh, 2022.
1: All right, what does a yellow light mean?
0: Uh slow down.
1: What does I'm not gonna do the whole bit. All right. Um and we had some comics too, through the people hooking up their comicsology to Amazon. Um there was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 132 and a Star War 27.
0: Yes, a Star War comic. <laughs>
1: right. Go out and buy yourself a Star Wars through our click through. Yes. Uh so
0: uh, hey, I think, you know, even though the first, uh, week of play is done, if you look at some of the people that have signed up, uh, I think you still might have an okay shot if you tried now, mm-hmm. uh, probably after this week, I'm going to unpin that post from the front of Longbox Heroes for the Pigskin Pickums. Todd and I are currently in that jumbled mess of people tied for 17th place.
1: Right. As long as I'm ahead of a couple of people, I'm happy, so...
0: And uh, I get our our top person by a decisive margin, at least this early in the uh, thing, is Helmet Sherpa, whoever that person is.
1: I know who that person is. That might uh, be a person who's out of the state right now in Disney World.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. I was it was one or the other, you know?
1: Right. Well, <laughs> the other one's uh, you know King Marcus. So
0: <laughs> that makes more sense, right? Uh so we shall see as I always say the Mendoza line is wherever I place. If you're not beating me then you're doing something wrong.
1: The Spozo line or whatever.
0: Yes, the Mendoza line. Mm. Thank you. Welcome. Uh so I think that's it here. Um let us get into uh TV from this past week, huh? Yes. Alright, where would you... Uh, you know what? Actually, we're going to talk about uh, She-Hulk first, since that was the uh, oldest of the shows. That was the first thing that I watched. Right. And that's probably the thing that I have the uh, least amount of notes on.
1: Right. It was very quick, you know?
0: Uh, right. Very sitcom This was a very... Um, little in moving the overall story arc along, I guess. Right. More character bit stuff. Um, you know, the Jen stuff is, she has the dating profile. She puts her business picture on there, doesn't get as many hits on the dating app. She puts the She-Hulk uh, picture on there, gets lots of responses. Uh, Still meets a lot of jerks, meets a nice guy, but everything ain't what it cra- it's cracked up to be.
1: Um, I just want to touch on that. Um, the date where she goes with Jen with the jerk. Was absolutely fantastic. The bit where they both, like, she's trying to go for her wallet to buy the drinks, and he's doing the same thing, but you find out he's just looking for his phone.
0: Uh huh.
1: That was that was like comedy right there, as far as I was concerned. And say what you want about the CGI of She-Hulk. She-Hulk in a purple dress just looks natural. like in purple looks natural to me because that was the color she always kind of wore and stuff like that. So it feels. Right, and it just smooths over any problems that I don't have with the CGI. Maybe other people do, and I hope it worked for maybe you, too. I'm getting better with the CGI,
0: but I think a lot of it is is when I see her interacting. Like, the part where she's sitting on the couch talking to the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Some of those just stick out like a sore thumb, you know?
1: To some people, I think it's flawless CGI. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, And then at the end of the episode, we learn that Titana is out of prison and she serves Jen with papers because being not only a supervillain, but also social media influencer, she went ahead and trademarked the name She-Hulk.
1: Which I thought was a genius bit move thing.
0: I thought that was a lot of fun, right? So the Jen stuff is kind of more like your B story almost, even though Jen's involved in the A story. And the A story is Donnie Blaze. Who? Donnie
1: Blaze. Oh, it sounds like somebody I know in the Marvel universe.
0: Yes. Uh who is a stage ma- magician uh who again I say stage magicians in a world where you have superheroes um I I you know I don't think really have the same oomph. Uh but that's why he uses like a little tool to open up one of those portals. A uh like huh? the sling ring the sling ring sure so he uh does he has one of those uh to open up the portals like wong has he takes a audience member uh as a volunteer and that's where we're introduced to madison
1: right two n's one oh but it's not where you think one Y. oh one Y, yes um, of
0: course, then, that unleashes a bunch of stuff out of those portals. She ends up going through it and ends up at Wong's place. And then we have... it's more of a Wong episode than anything else. Right. Where Wong now has to, like, stop Donnie Blaze from using the sling ring. But also has to deal with his new, maybe unwanted at first, but maybe, I guess I have no choice friendship with madison which i thought was annoying at first but by the end of the episode i was on board for especially her calling him wongers yep and is wongers gonna stick joe uh they the the marketing and social media for the show is certainly trying to make it stick oh not disney come on um, I think even there was uh, some jokes with the D23 announcements this weekend. They were cool. teasing a Madison show.
1: Oh, I would watch it. I would uh-huh.
0: Watch it. Uh, but, like, this was a fun episode. Again, light. It's character stuff. It's not too plot-heavy. It's like a sitcom
1: in the Marvel Universe. I like it. I did, too. And my favorite thing about Madison... Um, two ends, but one Y. Not, but not where you think. Um, was that she kept ruining, she kept spoiling Sopranos for Wong? Uh huh. Which the two that I mean, you've never watched it. I I uh, I don't think, as we've discussed, you said no, right? I'm I'm aware of the Sopranos. Okay, but um, Sopranos like she ruins the two like two of the biggest deaths. On the show, and it was funny because it was on the screen, and it comes up, and it's like, "Oh, uh, long-term parking." I'm like, "Oh my god, that's the episode with so and so." I don't want to spoil a ten-year-old show, and she's like, "Oh, that's the one." I, I was, I was dying. I was absolutely dying with that, and thought that was absolutely hysterical. And I think they make a great couple. And I saw a lot on social media saying her. And who's the guy from Ant Man who uh recaps everything? Um, get these two people in a room, and now we have people who can discuss everything that's happened in the Marvel universe. That's <laughs> that's the recap I want, Joe. But I, I really I, I enjoy
0: She Hulk. It's a fun show. Like I said, it's light, it's exactly what it needs to be, you know? I agree. And uh, we'll see if she ends up being a more recurring character, or if this is just her one-off, you know? Right. Uh, And then, of course, we have Stargirl, which I do have a little bit more notes on. Um, So, the JSA are trying to figure out who killed uh, the Gambler. And we get a bit at the beginning where it says 12 hours uh, earlier... And we see the Gambler come to his place, and we see Sportsmaster show up in his car, and he's got a lot of pent-up aggression. We sh- see Shade, who we kind of gave the short shrift to last, last time we, we talked about it, but he's in this one a lot more, and I really like the Shade. Um, we see him show up at uh, the Gambler's thing, uh, his little shanty that he's living in, the trailer, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, then we're... Now into the forward part where most of the other members of the JSA, the kids at least, think that it was
1: uh, Artemis who killed the gambler yeah, it because wasn't Artemis they think it was Chris. Chrissy. Um, Artemis is the sportsmaster's daughter. Oh,
0: that's right, that's right.
1: My apologies. No problems, just trying to, you know, set things on course.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh, Cindy, you said Chrissy, Cindy.
1: Cindy. See, we're all over the place. Brother. We're all over Cindy. the place.
0: Uh, so, they think it's Cindy, uh, you know, vouching for that it wasn't, even though she had a gun in her hand, he's dead, uh, the results of the autopsy say that he, there was no, the gun went off, but there's no gunshot wound on him, they say that it was blunt force trauma, but they also say that there was something that, like, stabbed him as well. Right, and she stabbed, so... Right. So that's you know, obviously there's the mystery of that. And then um our girl Beth essentially says it's like, well, his laptop was stolen, so whoever has his laptop did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we see at the end who has the laptop, which I definitely think based on what we have laid out is a bit of a red herring. Yep. But who knows? Um we get a bunch of other stuff with we're getting paired off of characters. Um, we get uh Jakeem and the little Mike. brother Mike yep. on their adventure with the Thunderbolt. Wasn't as noticeable last week, of course, because he only had one line. It was much more noticeable this week. I hate Seth Green's voice as the Thunderbolt.
1: Right. Well, and I'm gonna
0: send I'm gonna send off a dot matrix printed banner that says I hate the Thunderbolt's new voice to the uh makers of this show. Okay. Um, I'll explain that one later. Mm hmm Um, but they decide they're going to do a wish to try to find out who killed, uh, the, uh, gambler. And the answer that the Thunderbolt gives is, oh, it's someone who has many names.
1: Right. I'm not going to tell you what those names are, but there's the answer. And you only get one, you get to wish something once, so it's done. Um I did like the bit where they're like, does the name on that door say boys? No, it says men. And that's what we are. We have to man up and do this. And when they leave, the door shuts and it actually says boys. Yes. I'm like, that's a good little gag. That had that had me. I thought that was cool.
0: Um, I love the stuff with uh Barb and Paula working together. Paula trying to integrate herself into normal society saying i even smiled at someone today
1: yeah i will tell you barb and uh and her are and paula are the 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 friendship i didn't know i needed yes and i will say i told when she says i smile at somebody when she did the thing where she's like oh you're gonna bake it why because and she goes down the like well it shows you you know it puts a little bit of yourself why? It shows you care. Why I'm like, I can relate with this woman, I would go buy the cake too. Yes.
0: Uh then we get stuff with um I you know, okay, so and again, it's Sylvester Pemberton, it's Starman, it's Joel McHale. Okay, it's Joel McHale. Okay. Joel McHale assumes it's the shade because the shade is the one who killed the JSA, or at least that's what he's led to believe. They go confront the shade at the diner who after 44 tries has finally got the waitress to figure out how to make his tea the proper way. Mm -hmm. And such a great scene of her coming over with the tea and her being so nervous and the way his line delivery goes, where you think he's going to bury it. And then he finally puts it over. You <laughs> felt so good for the waitress. You feel so good for him that he finally gets his tea the way that he likes it. And of course that ends up being his alibi that when the gambler was killed, he was at the diner all night teaching her how to make the tea the right way.
1: Which is a well-written thing. Yes. Cause it sets it all up. Like this now is a murder mystery. Yes. And they're eliminating... Uh, Suspects the right way Yes I find that fascinating
0: And then obviously after the issue at the diner Joel McHale comes in Because he wants to use the staff So bad in the worst way Mm -hmm. But he also knows that it's Courtney's staff And his way to use the staff more Is to teach her how to use the staff So he comes and gets her out of school To teach her how to use the staff They go and confront the Shade He attempts to apologize to the Shade that goes poorly. And both... Well, The Shade decides he's going to leave town. Because Blue Valley's not... Blue Valley's not big enough for his ego and Joel McHale's ego. Right. Um, They kind of sort of say to Joel McHale that maybe you need to go without saying get out. And I think this is their way of getting kind of some of their bigger name folks, um, the bigger actors, the bigger presences on the show, maybe... Out for as many episodes.
1: Right. Well, um, Joel ends up staying. It's like, they end up doing all that. And then they confront what the real reason is. And I think he's going to stay. But the shade's going to go away for a while. Right. Um,
0: right? But, I have but as go- I'm all over the place with this, as yep. Todd mentioned, it's a well... It's Even though it's a teen CWDC show, um, it's also a well-written murder mystery where we just casually say the name Wesley Dodds on TV and act like everyone's supposed to know who it is. I know
1: who it is. I know who it is, too. But I have a few things that I would just like to get out of the way really quick. Yes. Uh, The opening 12 hours earlier with the Gambler coming to his new trailer made me realize Gambler may be in the top 10 villains of all time, just in that coming in to, was it Shaka Khan's Sugar? It was Chaka Sugar, yes. It's fantastic. And he's like, old trailer number, lucky number seven. And then he goes in and he's like, time to open my suitcase. Combinations, seven, seven, seven. I was like, he had those blue shoes on. He's doing the jackets and pressing them. And he's like, perfection. I do a great gambler impersonation. Buddy. I'm like Jay Moore. Um, so oh. it just goes on and I'm like, I am going to miss the gambler. Like, I hope there's more flashbacks, blah, 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 whatever. That's great. And the other thing is when the shade leaves and he goes, I'm leaving. I need to get out of here because of the ego's things. He tells uh, our man and Dr. Midnight, the, the kids, that I have to go. But when he disappears, there's all these green sparkles, which never happened before. So I'm thinking it had, he has something to take care of. It's obsidian. Obsidian uh Green Lantern's other kid like Jade and yes. somehow that's all connected. So I thought that was really cool. And then the way Courtney is trying to like whittle down the suspect She's like, "Okay. Okay. The she was he was stabbed, but something destroyed the the trailer with super strength." They're like, "It's not it's not Salmon Grande cuz he's he's buried where I left him." Um it can't be Cindy, because Cindy doesn't have superpowers, they're like, "Oh, well, maybe she's, you know, working on herself." Then we find out she is, which I think is another red herring. Do you know who I think the murderer is, Joe? Do you do you you have any guesses or? So okay, so we
0: haven't gone over everybody in this show. It's just kind of like the the high beats of the show, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, so we mentioned there's stuff with the Icicles kid. Right. And how he can't paint anymore, but he's destined for greater things. Right. Uh, We didn't do too much of the stuff with Our Man and how Shade tells him that it definitely was not Solomon Grundy who killed him. Right. But then Our Man talks about how it used to be that he would get an hour's worth of the superpowers a day, but now it's like 44 minutes here, 8 minutes there. So I'm think I'm leaning towards something with missing time with him.
1: Okay. I'm leaning towards Joel McHale. Okay. That's my second guess. And here's how one, I think because they established, first of all, we've never established. He's like, I just woke up in my coffin and dug my way out. Mm -hmm. So is he like, I think I may have said this before possessed by Neron. Who's a demon, many names, blah, blah, blah. But I think, like, because he keeps wanting to use that staff. I think when he demanded that Pat, who he's being a jerk to, by the way, said, hey, show me how Stripesy works. He stole Stripey and busted up the trailer and then didn't, like, like that uh, the, the junkyard man was adding all sorts of stuff to Stripesy. I'm thinking he added like something that shoots a stabbing thing. I don't know. I think he stole Stripesy to 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 pretend the, the superpowers, the super strength. That's my my take on what's going on here.
0: I said from the first episode that something is up with Joel McHale. hmm Him being the murderer makes sense. But I feel it's a little bit too on the nose. Mm-hmm um i love your thought process that we're gonna get like a neuron possessed brought back from the dead sort of thing right uh but i like the fact that there's question you know
1: right no the question
0: isn't in this no you know what i
1: mean (laughs) i know what you meant but yeah i'm let's just put it this way the reason i'm doing all this is because i really love the show if this was something that i didn't love it'd be like yeah cameron has his icicle powers yeah Rex has his or Rick has his you know hour man problems with the with the hourglass. No, I'm like, oh, this is so cool, and my mind goes to all these places so right I could tell you your're Peter now oh,
0: I got a long night of editing ahead of me right, but I'm with you. I really enjoy Stargirl. um I'm sad that you know. You know, I'm 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 happy it's still around. Let's say that. I'm sad that not enough people watch it. How about and that? And I
1: did see an article that said probably about halfway through this season we'll learn the fate of the Stargirl TV show. I forget where it was. If I can find it again, I'll send it to you. That's oh, ominous. Yes. Like, well, they're like eh, if it's going we're just gonna get another season or not. Well, I was gonna
0: say on on the old IMDb, they only have up to four episodes, so you know. Right.
1: Well, maybe the real killers are the executives, Joe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I,
1: Any anytime we get any,
0: you know, anytime that we get a little bit of something on a anything under the Warner Brothers umbrella on TV or movies, I'm I'm grateful for it. So I think that's
1: everything. Yes. Yeah, I think that's everything we need to talk about.
0: Perfect. So hey, everyone, thanks for listening to uh, episode six twenty three of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying, see y'all here next
1: week. Remember, we have faucet, a